0: This is Block by Block, a community news program from WPPMLP, 106.5 FM, where we explore issues affecting the Philadelphia area with news reports from members of the community. I'm Roxanne Logan.
1: And I'm Robin Markle. In the next half hour, we'll hear stories from our community news reporters about conflict mediation and restorative justice, how senior citizens can stay cool during the hot summer months, and mental health awareness.
0: First, Philadelphia, like many cities around the country, has seen a rise in violent crime since the start of the pandemic. One local organization is working to help provide young people with an alternative to violence, and that alternative is music. Block by Block's E. Marie Lambert reports that Beyond the Bars provides instruction and hands-on experience with all aspects of music making. She recently spoke with instructors and students who are part of the program at the school where she works, Mastery Charter School, Pickett Campus.
2: Beyond the Bars is a nonprofit organization that is providing a creative outlet for youth by offering hands-on learning experiences in music production, engineering writing creating beats and recording the program began as a volunteer music program for incarcerated youth in a facility here in philadelphia i caught up with two of the instructors darren and kyan and i asked them how they got started with beyond the bars First, we hear from Cayenne, and then we hear from Darren.
3: I got started in the early stages of Beyond the Bars, uh, when we were initially like going into different juvenile centers and teaching kids how to make beats who were already like kind of locked up and just wanting like, an outlet farther in there. So we were doing that initially. And then after the years passed, we started like branching out and going into some different programs throughout the city, rec centers, different schools, stuff like that. And then eventually, I just kind of gradually kept teaching at different places throughout the city, doing engineering, music production, and then teaching kids how to play guitar once, like, instruments started getting more involved. I didn't start working with Beyond the Bars right away, but then um, later down the line I was able to start teaching some classes, like doing, like, the online Zoom classes and subbing in classes here and there and just, uh, yeah, just introducing kids that are not familiar with music how to use logic and, like, make beats and things like that, or if they want to record, show them how to record. That's pretty much how I got started and familiar with Beyond the Bars.
2: I got to go inside the recording booth where two of our middle school students, Aaron and Jeremy, were making music. It's a really small box comparable to the old phone booths, the ones like Superman would transform into his super self. It was padded with thick, plush velvet material to create the soundproofing. I could feel the moisture of their sweat and their nervousness in the air. They said that it was their first time in a real recording booth, and they were really excited. What are you guys working on? We've
3: been trying on like different styles, different things that we we we'll like get comfortable with, so like the next time we come, we know what we want to do. So right now we're just making like a like a heartfelt song. It's not like a love song or nothing, but it's like about stuff that's going on in the world right now.
2: Can I hear a little bit of it?
3: Yeah, sure. Tell the truth, cause I've been waiting. I've been trying to vibe to the beat. I've been trying to have some patience without you vibing with me. Trying to chill, but they've been timing on me. They've been lying on me. Yeah, I just need you right here, me. Don't need you dying on me. Been trying to focus on the stuff like oh my god. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, okay. Okay.
2: Beyond the Bar seems to speak to the core of many urban youth. The mission of any nonprofit is to solve or lessen the impact of a social problem. In addition to teaching the participants how to make their own music and teaching them how to use the studio, they also arm them with the equipment. And if they're interested, enroll them in a teacher training program. Yep, the youth can participate in a training program that not only trains them to become instructors, they also get a stipend. Imagine getting paid to learn a skill that you can then share with somebody else. Here's what two of my high school students, Samir and Elijah, shared about their experience with the program.
4: They had set up the little studio at the school. They just told us it's here and we just start going in there. And then I met different people from the program. And yeah, and then we just locked in.
2: Were you interested in music prior to being introduced to Beyond the Bars?
4: I was definitely interested in music, like, my whole life. I always listened to music, but, like, when I turned, like, 14, that's when I started making my own. Then, now I'm 18, so I just kept doing it. And, like, Beyond the Bars is, like, it make it better for me because it's something I like to do.
2: Have you learned some new skills or something that you uh, were not familiar with before?
4: I definitely did. The people that work for Beyond the Bars, like, they definitely taught me new stuff, like on a computer, how to use it and stuff like that. So, yeah, they're they good teachers. They're good teachers.
2: Would you recommend it to other friends?
4: Definitely. Um, anybody in the music that's like, like a teenager around my age, I feel like everybody should get involved with it.
2: Is there anything else you want us to know about Beyond the Bars?
4: Um, They helpful. They gave me a free MacBook and a free piano. I let them.
2: (laughs) Thank you. So I'm here with another student. Say your name for me.
4: My name is Elijah.
2: And Elijah, you are involved with Beyond the Bars. What has that been like for you?
3: They've been very teaching to me, like, They've been showing me a lot of things that I have been known, and they've been putting a little money in my pocket on me, you know, like, but right. I, I, I like being on the bars.
2: So how does the money thing work? Like, what, what are you doing to earn the money?
3: As of right now, I'm in a student teacher program, so I teach other younger kids and, you know, I do that from Monday through Friday. That's my mm-hmm. little paycheck for the week and it's nice.
2: Had you ever considered being a teacher before?
3: No, I never thought I'd be a teacher.
2: So what has the process been like?
3: It was just training at first. They showed me how to teach, and they told me whatever sticks to me is what I should use because it's the best way to teach, you feel me? If I'm understanding you, then they should be able to understand me.
2: So have you had interaction with the juvenile justice system? Yes, yes. And did Beyond the Bars target you because of that, or...? no.
3: It was more just they see music, talent, and you like to have fun, and they'll include you.
2: So did you always want to be involved in music, or is it something that you discovered?
3: No, I like music for the majority
2: of my life. So do you think that beyond high school and beyond this program, you will continue to do something in music? Yes, yes. Like what? What do you think?
3: I'm going to keep teaching as I'm doing now. But I want to start releasing my own music song.
2: Okay, what kind of music do you make?
3: I sing a little bit. Like I wouldn't call it singing, but it's rap singing, uh-huh. something like that. Okay. okay,
2: so should I be getting your autograph now before you get famous?
3: <laughs> no, you can get it later. You can get one later. It's gonna okay. cost a little more. You feel can... me?
2: Okay. So would you recommend Beyond the Bars to other young people?
3: Yeah, I definitely recommend Beyond the Bars to younger people. It's a nice learning experience. Keep you out the way
2: keep you out the way. All right, thank you so much. Thank you too. I asked the instructors if they thought the program was successful as a deterrent to criminal behavior. They don't ask the young people if they've interacted with the justice system at all. It's not a prerequisite. Although they didn't have exact numbers or statistics, what they did know is that music is universal. The opportunities and experiences that Beyond the Bars offers give youth tangible hope that they can make choices about their lives that lead to the success stories that they see on television or read about. They can go Beyond the Bars.
1: May is Mental Health Awareness Month. As the month draws to a close, Block by Block reporter Kathy Brown wants to remind us it's important to consider mental health throughout the year. As it turns out, she didn't have to look far to find an expert to talk to. My co-host, Roxanne, is a licensed clinical social worker who provides individual and group therapy.
5: During the month of May, we wanted to make sure that we brought some information to you that would help raise awareness in our communities Roxanne, can you please provide a couple of suggestions to help maintain good mental health? Mental Health
0: Awareness Month does not have to end your mental health awareness journey. In fact, just as physical health requires regular maintenance and checkups, mental health requires the same. Some suggestions for mental health maintenance include unplugging from all electronic devices and spending some time meditating or just being quiet with yourself without distractions, taking walks in nature, making sure that you get enough sleep, eating nutritious foods, remaining hydrated and doing things that bring a smile to your face. All of those activities will help you maintain a positive outlook on life and good mental health generally. When is a good time to seek therapy? If you're feeling overwhelmed, sad, anxious, disproportionately angry when things don't go your way, it may be time to seek therapy. Although there often is a stigma associated with therapy, it's just not true that needing therapy is a bad thing. It doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you're not a religious person It simply means that you're making a choice to seek professional help just as you would if you broke a leg or felt
5: excessively physically ill. It's good
0: practice.
5: For folks who have never had therapy, what should be expected?
0: Once you find a therapist, some of the things that you can get out of therapy include learning about yourself and your patterns of coping with hard situations, achieving your goals and setting some, having more fulfilling relationships and overall improving your health.
5: And lastly, Ms. Roxanne, as we wrap up this very important mental health awareness moment, if someone is already in crisis, what should they do?
0: If you're experiencing a crisis or having thoughts of harming yourself, the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline number is 988. Again, if you're having thoughts of harming yourself or you are in a crisis, the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline number is 988. You can text or call that number 24 hours a day and someone will assist you. If you have already attempted to harm yourself, and are in need of immediate medical attention, please call 911. Be well. As an attorney and psychotherapist in Philadelphia, I've worked with many clients actively involved in conflict or some sort of dispute with opposing viewpoints. Sometimes these situations involve two people. Sometimes it's a bunch of family members, communities, or whole systems. I've referred some clients to a local organization called Cora Good Shepherd Mediation that helps people resolve conflicts so they don't end up in court. After attending a recent training at Good Shepherd, I spoke with one of the organization's directors to talk about mediation and how it plays a role in restorative justice, a framework for bringing people together to find ways to address harm outside of the criminal justice system.
6: My name is Camila lourdes Breten. I serve as the Director of Restorative Justice for the Good Shepherd Mediation Division at CORA Services. Our mission is to encourage peace, reconciliation, and social justice by empowering individuals and communities to resolve conflict and repair harm as self-sufficient alternatives to our unjust legal system. Community mediation is a voluntary dispute resolution process designed to bring together people to find solutions to their differences. It relies on the assistance of a trained neutral conflict specialist referred to as a mediator whose role is to ask questions that generate self-reflection on behalf of both parties so that they can really identify what are the needs and interests that are driving their position in the conflict and collectively brainstorm what solutions may work for them to come up with an agreement that is made through consensus. We have historically had an 80% resolution rate, meaning that 80% of our mediation, which include everything from child custody, child support, elder issues, multi-party disputes involving the workplace, relationships, and so forth, we've found that 80% of those cases that come to us end in an agreement that is then upheld by the parties themselves. For the most part, folks are able to divert their conflicts from the legal system and come up with a resolution that's self-determined. We have many multi-generational families who come to us to make collective decisions about how maybe inheritance property or other estate matters in their hands can be resolved. And often they come away feeling that these conversations that are often difficult conversations and stressful conversations can be had in a way where the estate is organized productively and meets everyone's needs and where their family relationships aren't tested or strained throughout that process. Because we certainly understand that the process can bring up a lot of emotions. During the pandemic,
0: landlord-tenant issues became a big focus for Good Shepherd.
6: We offer community mediation for cases like neighborhood disputes, everything from disagreements between landlords and tenants, roommates parking, noise, pets, property lines, and other areas of focus that may create conflict or disagreement between people living in one neighborhood together. We also take on cases regarding municipal courts where parties would prefer to resolve their own matter or conflict if they can. So this can include small claims and also housing issues. Is there a fee for mediation? Our services are based on a sliding scale. We do not turn anyone away for inability to pay. And then other programs are grant-funded, meaning they're completely free to the public regardless of their financial situation. Programs like that on the mediation side would include the Eviction Diversion Program, which is as part of the Emergency Housing Protection Act passed in 2020. The city is now requiring landlords to attend a mediation session or invite their tenant to mediation prior to filing for eviction. So programs like that are city-funded or there are other programs that we have that are provided by grants and those are completely free to the public.
0: And who are your mediators?
6: Are they lawyers? Are they therapists? So our mediators are made up by a variety of community members in various different roles. Many of our mediators are lawyers, are therapists. However, it is not exclusive to them and their professional roles don't actually play a part in mediation. We ask that everyone leave that at the door. Mediators do not give counsel, they do not give any type of advice, legal or therapeutic. They are trained to ask the questions, to guide the conversation and really just allow the parties themselves to navigate the different points of dialogue. What can you tell us about the framework of restorative justice? This restorative model is rooted in the indigenous practices of North America, most notably of the Tlingit Nation and the Ojibwe Nations, but it's championed by community organizers across the globe who are mobilizing for prison abolition and working to cultivate violence interventions built from the understanding that Almost all interpersonal violence under capitalism is a manifestation of systemic violence. Take gun violence, for example, which is an issue that unfortunately has touched the lives of too many Philadelphians, particularly of working class communities of color. So often the response from our criminal justice, or as we call it, the injustice system, is to analyze the incident within a vacuum, which almost always leads to demonizing the involved parties often by using racist or classist tropes, instead of asking what is our collective response and our collective solution to this. We fail to factor in that the violence doesn't start the moment the bullet leaves the gun. It begins when the people who are most at risk of being involved or impacted by gun violence are also the folks who are most likely to be deprived of quality health insurance, are most likely to be deprived of quality food and live in food deserts most likely to be deprived of housing and either have faced eviction or housing discrimination, or most likely to be exploited while making minimum wage, or most likely to have been pushed out of school and into prisons due to racial profiling and systemic racism. Restorative justice asks who was hurt, which is often not just one person. Often the people who have inflicted harm have also been hurt themselves. And we ask, what are their needs? and whose obligation is it? And we are forced to reckon with that it's all of our obligation and that actually so many of these people causing harm have been neglected themselves. And so our goal in restorative justice is really to peel back the layers and see interpersonal harm within our communities as a symptom of systemic harm and get to the root of the problem to solve the issue we offer five main services. Peer mediation programs are a training model that we offer to K-12 schools. We train students to be mediators and resolve conflicts as the first step of intervention within schools through peer facilitation. We also offer youth diversion programs where we support young people between 11 and 18 years old in expunging any records or charges brought against them as a part of their process towards moving to be community leaders of conflict resolution in their own neighborhoods. They come in for a weekend workshop. They learn to analyze conflict cycles and to adapt to de-escalation and resolution techniques. We also are running the Transforming Justice Hub, which supports young people in stopping gun violence through community organizing and community dialogue. The first component is training young people between 15 and 25 to become mediators, restorative justice practitioners and community organizers. They learn facilitation techniques, but they also adopt political education where they learn to analyze How does systemic racism, classism, and other issues drive the cycles of gun violence that we're seeing in our cities? And how do we create community-led solutions to that that really get to the root cause of it? We also offer community restorative justice services. So these are pro bono services most often where individuals Communities, families, nonprofits can come to us and ask for support in responding to cases of harm or cycles of abuse. Everything from domestic violence to gun violence cases to racial injustice in the workplace, issues of transphobia in schools and so forth, so really cases where there is an abuse of power that has stemmed from a systemic violence and is now manifesting through interpersonal harm. Our goal is always to make sure that those directly impacted by the issues we're trying to solve are in positions to lead our response to this because they have so much on the ground knowledge. So many of the facilitators in restorative justice are formerly incarcerated, certainly some facilitators that work with us are returning citizens. Not only do they have the direct experience to pull on, but it makes them so much more relatable and trustworthy to people who are entering these processes and these experiences for the first time.
0: To get in touch with Cora Good Shepherd Mediation, you can call 215 843 Five four one three, or visit their website at phillymediators.org and
1: look for the contact button. As the weather gets warmer, many people in the community are beginning to think of ways to stay cool this summer. Block by Block's Kathy Brown is director of the West Oak Lane Senior Center. She recently spoke with Latricia Hale, director of another senior center in North Philadelphia, about how these centers serve as cooling sites in the hot summer months.
5: This week, I was able to catch up with Latricia, director at Martin Luther King Older Adult Center. And we were just talking about what we were going to do as directors of older adult centers to keep our seniors cool this upcoming summer season. So Latricia, What do you think about us and our cooling sites for the
7: summer season? Well, Philadelphia Parks and Recreation has six older adult centers or senior centers across the Philadelphia area. When the city calls for Code Red, which consists of three or more days of temperatures being at 90 degrees or above, PCA, which is Philadelphia Corporation for Aging, will ask the centers to stay open for extended hours so that our seniors can have somewhere safe and clean to stay during those temperatures being so high. We provide a place where it's cool. Seniors can come and relax. They can participate in different activities that the centers provide, or they can just sit and socialize amongst each other. Usually, the extended hours will last a few hours after the centers close. And we would normally stay open until those temperatures starts to drop throughout the course of the day to more comfortable levels. And so do you find
5: that our seniors benefit from this program?
7: Absolutely. A lot of seniors, you know, do not have air conditioning or find that it's just too expensive to run their air all day. So when they have the opportunity to come to one of our centers, air conditioned, and they don't have to worry about how much it's going to cost them to cool their own homes. You know, you come here and you relax and you socialize or just participate in whatever program you want to participate in and you don't have to worry about how much it's going to cost you to stay cool. And so
5: if I'm a senior and I'm looking for one of these centers, how do I find it?
7: If you're computer savvy, you can Google Philadelphia Parks and Recreation Senior Centers or call PCA. PCA can give you a list of the local senior centers and their information and phone number and contact people to get in contact with.
5: Okay, Therese. Well, It was absolutely a pleasure speaking with you. I absolutely appreciate you sharing this information with us today. And I know that the seniors across the city of Philadelphia will appreciate having some place to go be cool and to stay cool. Thank you so much.
1: You're
7: quite welcome.
1: Block by Block is produced by Kathy Brown. Felicia Casher, E. Marie Lambert, Unique Marie, Laura Rosenbach, and us. Roxanne Logan, and Robin Markle. Unique Marie is our board operator tonight. Brad Linder is Radio News
0: Managing Editor for WPPM. Peter Liu is Radio Operations Manager. And Allison Durham is WPPM's Radio Program Manager. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of Block by Block, featuring more stories about issues affecting life in the Philly region. And you can find past episodes of the show on Philly Cam SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever
1: else you find podcasts. Block by Block is made possible by WPPM, which stands for People Powered Media. WPPM is a non-commercial radio station with a mission to broadcast community-created content across the Philadelphia region that includes shows like Block by Block, which features stories from our community told by members of the community. You can help help power people-powered media by making a donation this week during WPPM's Spring 2023 Fund Drive.
0: We're hoping to raise $5,000 by Wednesday, June 7th. Donations will help pay for updates to our equipment while also helping support our mission to uplift local voices. You can make a donation by visiting WPPM.PhillyCamp.org slash donate.